Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. More happenings in the world of the NBA. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, a little bit of Ben Simmons, probably not enough for a siren or anything like that. But Kyrie Irving, big development there. The Lakers had a two-way player. We've got a lot of a lot of roster moves as well to dig into. Keith, how are you doing, man? And uh, let's let's get to it, I guess. I mean, Kyrie Irving, now the drama has shifted over there to, to Brooklyn. Yeah, absolutely. After the Ben Simmons has kind of fought with him for the top mm-hmm. slot, uh, you know, for us old guys, the uh, top of the fold of a newspaper, right? That That's was right. The big news was. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's now shifted to, yeah, Simmons showed up. So there's your Simmons update. He showed up, took a COVID test <laughs> and then left, apparently. And that's about the extent of what we know there mm-hmm. uh, with that one. So no siren for that. But Kyrie Irving, major news out of Brooklyn today. Uh, Sean Marks announced and then hosted a press conference after that Kyrie's not going to play for them until he gets vaccinated, yep. uh, as they termed it, until he is fully eligible to play. Uh, they're, they're not going to play him. And they he ran through a whole bunch of reasons why, but the reality is one of the best teams in the league is now down one of their best players. And that's uh, a personal opinion. I think they're still the favorites. I just think yeah. their margin of error now is is pretty much gone now they're not overwhelming favorites over any other team yeah that's a great read on it that's exactly the way back in the day when the lakers were looking at signing Kawhi leonard when they already had anthony davis and lebron we took that approach too when they weren't able to get Kawhi, we said okay the lakers could still win a championship here just the margin for error goes down when you don't have that extra star so same thing here with the brooklyn nets i did think there was a great thread on twitter and i think keith you you pointed it out uh by ryan mcdonough former gm of the of the suns who explained that the Nets made the decision to go ahead and pay Kyrie on all the games he's eligible to play on the road, right? So those games, if they have yep. a road game in Orlando, say, right, Kyrie will get paid for that, even though he won't be playing. And by doing that, then you avoid a dispute with the Players Association because NBA teams, they're not required to play a player if they're under contract. They're just required yep. to pay him. So it's just like if they told Kyrie, hey, you know what? We're just not going to be playing you tonight, but you're still going to get paid for your services. So I think that's probably the way to go with the Brooklyn Nets in terms of keeping everything on the level with Kyrie, with, of course, Kevin Durant gets looped in, James Harden. I think that was a smart decision there and also a smart decision to just say, you know what, we're not going to deal with this all season long. Is he in? Is he out? We're just going to set set the bar right now and say he's only going to play when he's 100% eligible to play. And until then, he's not going to be part of our practices or games. Yeah, and, and it's it's I think it's the right decision for the Nets yeah. because now you move forward and if he gets vaccinated in a week or a month or doesn't, at least you know. If he does, great. It's almost like you got this bonus addition. Yeah. Like we talk about when a player's coming back from injury, like Jamal Murray, if he gets back, or Kawhi Leonard, it's almost like you had an amazing trade deadline acquisition. Come back, that's going to be kind of what it's like for the Nets uh, if and when he does come back. And if he doesn't come back, then you've moved on, you've built your your team, your rotations and all that kind of without him in mind. And, and clearly, I'm not going to say it was because of the vaccination status, mm-hmm. but clearly the Nets had some feeling of, 
hey, this guy might miss time. He could be injured because that's happened several times right. for him because they went out and signed Patty Mills. They went out and signed Javon Carter, uh, two guys who can defend opposing point guards, can can really fit alongside James Harden if they have to step up and play in that role uh, where Harden does most of the ball handling and playmaking. So I th- think they very smartly constructed this roster in – I mean, they still have insane depth. It's right. it's crazy when you look at you know the guys. I mean, my guess is now you can go a bunch of different ways, right? You could go big in the starting group if you need to, if you're playing a team that that's also kind of big and and push um uh, Durant down to the two and Harris down, or Durant down to the three, Harris down to the two, Harden at the one, or you could go with Mills if you wanted to start him. My guess is he probably comes off the bench. But you could start Carter, you could start Bruce Brown if you wanted to go that way. James Johnson could get in there, DeAndre Bembry. I mean, they've got a million different ways that they can play. And I'm not by no means am I trying to say this is actually better for right. the Nets because of you know, blah blah blah, because it's clearly not, but I'm not exactly worried about their, you know, uh, you know, future here. What I do worry about is it's probably a little bit more wear and tear on Durant and Harden sure. throughout the course of the regular season because you still got some pretty good teams in the East that now you're going to be uh, probably working a little bit harder to hold off. It's kind of like we've been saying with the Lakers, uh, with with LeBron, AD, and and Westbrook. You're always probably going to have one or two of them. Now you're running the risk if you're the Nets. If anything happens, you may only have one of them you know, available at a time out of Durant and Harden. And now I'm not gonna I don't want to go crazy with Harden's injury history because it was really only last it's year. Been pretty good. Um, he's not yeah, he's yeah. been a pretty healthy guy for the most part. Yeah, in the playoffs, he's been worn down when he was with Houston, but I think that was more just from carrying the crazy usage level. And then Kevin Durant, I think, showed by the time he got back last year and through the summertime with Team USA, I'm not really overly concerned about injuries with him. But yeah, one of them rolls an ankle, one of them, you know, pulls a hamstring or something. Now that margin of error is now just about gone because now you're not you're not there. And and we'll, we'll see where it goes with with Kyrie. It's just they made their decision and they're moving on. Yeah, and, and I think that you can even make an argument on the basketball floor, they're better off for it. Like no Kyrie at all might be chemistry wise better than hey Kyrie's playing today not playing tomorrow then four days from now he's playing then he's out for this for this uh homestand right that kind of just you know whipsaw action that can disrupt chemistry can disrupt rhythm on a team so while yeah you do lose that margin for error right you don't have that fail safe anymore of oh bummer we lost one star hey we still have two more you don't have that anymore but just in terms of team chemistry if the option is He's in and out of the lineup all season long, or you just know this is our squad moving forward until something changes with Kyrie. I think you could make an argument that the chemistry benefits are greater than what Kyrie would have given you as a part-time player. Yeah, I tell you, I think that's a you know totally fair way to put it. Like, like let's use Javon Carter yeah. as an example. He's probably got a pretty good chance of being a rotation guy on most nights now for this team. And if it was you're a rotation guy in the home games, but you're not in the road yeah. games and those kind of things. It just gets awkward and weird, like you said. So, yeah, uh, one thing I do want to say, because I, I had thrown this idea out there on on Twitter, is what if they had suspended him? Um, the way the suspension works mm-hmm. is if it's a team-issued suspension, then after 
uh, three games, as long as it's a suspension of four games or longer, uh, you can move the player to the suspended list. And then that opens a roster spot right. for you to bring somebody in. The Nets actually did this a couple years ago. It was a league issued suspension, which it's, it's a couple more games is all that takes to trigger this. Cause they're really making sure they punish you when they suspend a player, but it, uh, they did it with Wilson Chandler was suspended. I think that was for uh, performance enhancing yes. drugs um, with him. And it was, he was out. And then if you remember, they cut him on Shumpert uh, at the, the beginning of the preseason. And then what they did was they came back and they came back around with, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to bring uh, Shumpert back. But after five games have passed, cause then we can move Chandler to the suspended list. And then they brought Shumpert back. And then by the time Chandler was ready to go, they waved Shumper and moved on. But as Ryan McDonough pointed out, that gets messy. Yeah, that starts a fight. Then he probably would have fought it. And that would have become a huge fight with the Players Association. The league would have got involved. And then with this case here, they're basically saying, hey, the which is still an argument between the Players Association and the league on mm-hmm. whether or not they really agreed to this reduction in pay because of games missed due to COVID right. or not. Um COVID mandates and vaccination status, let's be clear. Like if it's Jalen Brown or Kent Birch, they're not punishing them with salary loss um, who had COVID. But with um, Kyrie, what would have happened is it just would have become a fight between the Nets, the league, the Players Association, and of course Kyrie himself of, you know, hey, wait a minute, now you're suspending me because of this? And this and that and basically they're saying hey we already agreed if you can't play in the home games you can't play so Kyrie will be uh, kind of much like Ben Simmons will just be sitting there on a roster spot at 30 plus million dollars on the inactive list night after night until uh, something resolves well and and the other side to that too of having Kyrie of telling of not telling Kyrie that hey we're just suspending you or anything like that is then you're fraying that relationship because Kyrie and Kevin Durant was a, a package deal, right? And so now you've got Harden in the mix as well. And from everything we've heard, the Nets and those stars, and the Lakers and their stars as well, it, it, this isn't unique, uh, but the Nets and those stars, it's very much a partnership versus an employer-employee yep. relationship. And so if you're going to go down that road, you could risk damaging not just your relationship with Kyrie, but also with Kevin Durant, also with James Harden. And so I think the Nets did a really nice job of walking a very fine line here. But like you said, we'll see where all of this goes. We, like, I mean, you mentioned Ben Simmons. We don't know if he's going to play or not. We know he showed up. That doesn't yeah. mean he's playing in games. So who knows what path that goes down. And now we're talking about two of the top teams in the East, two of the teams that should be at least, and they both are, have been dealing with pretty dramatic issues. And now it looks like both are facing not having key pieces heading into the season but maybe that resolves itself at some point part of the way through. So there's still a lot left up in the air and it could make a huge impact in terms of who comes out of the Eastern conference. Yeah. Big time. If you're Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, New York, you're Chicago, maybe even you're sitting there kind of thinking, all right, Hey, this is, Good for us. You know, more the the, the first handful of teams yeah. I mentioned there, Milwaukee, uh, Boston, Miami, uh, those teams, because I think they're looking at it and saying, hey, we're Atlanta, too, and I should leave them out. Um, they're probably really thinking, hey, this is – they're now – both of these two teams, I mean, we forget, I think, that Philly was the number one team they were. going into the playoffs last year. I think think that's almost been wiped out of our collective memories because of how the playoffs went for them. But those were two of the best teams, mm-hmm. as you said, and now they both come back to the pack significantly. And that is 
good for those other teams mm-hmm. in that sense until until this resolves. And and let's be clear once again, uh, everybody keeps saying it. It's not going to be Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons. I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I will saw be very, that again very today. Surprised if, if yeah, if, the, if that's the way this goes, a lot of people who know a lot of things have come out and said that's yep. not on the table. And I think kind of to what you were saying before, part of the reason why that's not on the table is you don't want to risk upsetting the the other stuff. And in the last thing I want to say, just to be clear about this, so Sean Marks uh, did which ton of credit to him. He did an impromptu press conference after they put this announcement out. And he came out and said, at the end of the day, this was my decision along with Joe Sy, the owner of the team. It was our decision. But he did say, we talked with Steve Nash and we did talk with Kevin Durant and James Harden. And basically that's probably a, hey guys, this is what we think is best for the team. And let's just say if Durant and Harden were like, no, it's not, and really threw up a huge fight, they probably might have gone a different direction here, mm-hmm. but is but clearly they did this with at least them uh, on board to the necessary level of being on board, and 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 I think you got to wonder like does it start to become you know hey we're going to put pressure on my guess is to this also removes some of the questions of right every time Kyrie played in a road game he yeah. has to do media. And was it going to turn into he gets asked about it every single time and they're getting asked about it now a little bit. You can kind of those questions will come up for the next probably two, three weeks, and then it'll start to kind of go away if he's still out. It's it it does in that respect kind of become like an injury where you just stop asking about it because you're, you know, eventually it's going to be look, they're not here. Like that that's the answer you're going to get. So, yeah, it's it's a you know, I'm very curious to see if this continues to go this way or you know does Kyrie feel the pressure of all right you know I want to be there with my guys and you don't want to go because as much as Kyrie's a guy who can dig in he is somebody who I think feels some responsibility to his teammates mm-hmm. and those kind of things um at least some level so we're we're gonna find out here what what level he feels that uh to them and you know and it's to all the people who jumped in my mentions and like hey you know stop giving the guy grief it's a personal choice well, it's his employer's choice too yeah. for him not to play, and they're still going to pay him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the essentially bargained amount. It's just that's going to be how it goes. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, and it makes sense as a Nets decision. If we want to go, you know, truly front office here, um, Sean Marks. I mean, that's how you handle the media and how you handle the optics around the situation is a very important part of a GM's job. That sometimes maybe we don't pay enough attention to. But yep. that statement that he made in terms of it's my decision and Joe Sy's decision, right? So taking all of the whatever there, whatever heat is going to be there, he's saying it's on yep. us. But then Throw also adding yep. in that we did consult with these top players with, you know, with Harden, with Durant, with all these other pieces and with Steve Nash. So that's saying like, yes, we are incorporating everybody. This is a collaborative process, but we're ultimately the ones that made this decision. It shuts down two big questions there in terms of is Kevin Durant on board is James Harden on board right because you address that without actually also putting any blame as far as the one who made the decision on them you're taking that heat but also showing that they are part of the process and so that was just masterfully masterfully played in terms of yep. GMing if we want to put it that way yeah Sean Marks is pretty good at this yeah. Uh, G- GM stuff here. He's uh, per- pretty good. So, all right, want to move yeah. into some other news of the day? Let's get into uh, it. Two way. Well, we got some br- 
breaking unfortunate news. Uh Uh-oh. Dylan Brooks is going to be out at least uh, two to three more weeks. He'll be reevaluated in two to three more weeks. He has a fracture in his left hand. Um, so that's a pretty big loss for the Grizzlies. Yeah, uh, that just came out from the there team. Uh, just just released that, so he'll, he'll be uh, out uh, reevaluated in two to three weeks. We are now a week from opening night for uh, four teams, yeah. and then for the rest of the league, pretty much we're we're just over a week away. So yeah, so we're we're uh, kind of um, getting down to it. So two three weeks. That's you're talking now. What today's the twelfth? Mm-hmm. So you're talking end of October. So probably. Then he's going to need a week or so, probably to get back into uh, full playing condition. And yeah, so that's 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 tough. That's uh, that's a big loss for for that team. They've got a lot of depth uh, there yeah. um, on the guard line, but you know Brooks is kind of a key because he really does play the two and the three and all those things. For and them. they relied on him a lot for for both scoring and just the intensity that he plays with can be infectious as well. And so that is a, a significant loss for the Grizzlies, and we'll see how they uh, they manage that moving forward. Um, we do have a, a signing, and it's a, a two-way signing. Yeah. Siku Dumboya finds a new home, <laughs> and it's in Los and so Angeles. I'm going to ask, have you already talked this on Lakers Nation, or are we getting first thoughts? No, here? I actually did. I got a very, wow. very brief uh, video out over on Lakers Nation explaining you know, that this is going to be a two-way spot, that it, it is a bit of a setback. For guys like John D. Yeah, Brown, I thought we were going to get first, first, mm, first uh, thoughts. Oh, well. did not, I that's did right. not, but uh, but that's okay because we're still going to dive into it here. And I got the very <laughs> early stuff out for Lakers Nation, so we can go a little more in depth there here. But uh, but yeah, good stuff. Two way contract for Siku Nuboya. They yeah. they did have an opening uh, when they moved Austin Reeves into a full time contract. Uh, Joel Ayayi, the verdict is still out on him. Who knows if they if they want to take a guy still like Chandi Brown, Mac McClung, Cam Oliver, some one of those guys, Trevlin Queen. Uh, you want to take one of them and give them a two way spot. You could bump Joel Ayayi if you really wanted to. Uh, we don't know if the Lakers mm-hmm. are going to do that yet. So for the time being, Siku Nuboya comes in. A uh, bit of a setback for Chandy Brown and all those guys for the moment, but six eight wing, six eleven wingspan gives you a guy who can at least defend a little bit on the perimeter. And given that you just lost, at least for some significant time, Taylor Horton Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk dealing with a groin injury, you probably need some more wings. And uh, look, two way guys can play fifty games right now, so it makes sense to to take a chance on a guy that was the fifteenth pick in the twenty nineteen draft. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I, I love this move for the Lakers. This is this is great. And and we've been saying for a while, um, all right, you filled out spots one through thirteen with veteran guys because you want to make sure, which unfortunately I've run into with some injuries mm-hmm. and the like, you want to be able to plug another veteran guy in there versus a project. But those last handful of spots you, you got to get some youth on this team somehow to at least have somebody as your developmental guys now here's the challenge if Dumboya pops you're limited in what you can do to resign right. him and the like but they they'll, they'll get that sorted and they'll get that figured out uh with, with him if he does it so I, I think this is this is exactly what they should be doing with that. I'm not overly concerned about those other guys, especially Brown and McClung, because when they signed on, uh, yeah, I mean, Reeves clearly had the two two-way spots, mm-hmm. so they knew, all right, we're signing on really to end up in South Bay um, as a affiliate uh, 
players there on exhibit 10 deals. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good use of that last roster spot for the Lakers. I think it makes a lot of sense for them. And, and I think that's, um, you know, we're really smart to bring in a guy like this that you can now really kind of work through. And they still have the one standard they spot, do. uh, likely that they'll carry open into the season, unless they want to bring in one of those guys that they've already got on a non-guarantee just to have a little extra depth in the season's first few weeks while the others recover. And I do want to specify because I saw the reaction from a lot of fans around social media, and this is after what I put out for, for Lakers Nation, the I- instant reaction was, how's James Ennis feeling right now? Because the assumption was that, oh, they picked Siku Dumboya over James Ennis after Ennis has been kind of campaigning to get a spot on the Lakers. James Ennis is not two-way eligible. Uh, he's got more than four years of service in the yep. in the NBA, so therefore he's not eligible for this kind of contract that Dumboya was, was signed to. And so that's part of the decision. It wasn't just this guy or that guy. It's one guy's eligible for a two-way, another guy's not. James Ennis would have to get a full-time contract on the on the regular roster and that's not something the lakers were looking to do um so that's a factor here as well you're not comparing apples to apples when you look at those two players yeah sorry i got distracted um the celtics just announced that uh, al horford has now tested positive oh. for covid19 okay. uh and is in is in quarantine so after uh, jalen brown tested positive uh, Al Horford is now in the same boat. So, Keith, I'm looking uh, at Twitter, yeah. and I, I'm going to give you a ton of credit here because we're in the middle of a show right now. Where we're, <laughs> You're multitasking, and you only lost Trying. to Shams on that by about 30 seconds, and that's <laughs> it. And you're multitasking, and Shams, for all we know, is just, just surrounded by screens constantly, right? Just just Could staring be. at that. So yeah, in, that's pretty team, good. Probably, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. That's, that's, I, I appreciate that love. That's pretty nice work. There. A, uh, it, you know, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, and they just, uh, I mean, basically everybody else is, everybody else of consequence is not going to play yes. in the third preseason game. Sure. Have you noticed, this is a complete aside, these preseason games, they're starting to treat them like the NFL teams do, mm-hmm. but not in the same timing, right? NFL teams, nobody plays in the first right. game. Nobody plays in the like, It's like the second and third games are like, all right, everybody's going to sit out, and then it's like, well, we'll figure it out from there. So, And it's, it, it yeah, varies just, team by team, too. Like, different teams are picking different. It's not like everybody's the third game. Some teams, it's the third game. Some, it's the fourth. And, yeah. and so you just don't know who's going to do that one on any given night. one always was the one where it was like, all right, none of the main guys are going to play. Yeah. We'll, we'll have these other guys go. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, sorry. I'm just uh, typing up a quick thing. No here, worries. And then I'll, 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 I'll let you carry I'll, the show I'll move us along. There. The next thing we got to get to, <laughs> Terrence Mann for the Clippers signs an extension two years 22 million for him. If you've been watching the Clippers all in preseason, you've seen that he's he's really been the guy. And that's one of the things that I that I look for a lot is when you have a team that's out there, they're they're putting out, you know, their G League guys, their end of the bench guys, trying to get some experience to them. Who becomes the guy out of that group? Like who do they turn to? You can kind of see when players start to defer to somebody else. And that was very much Terrence Mann in the minutes that he's been getting with the Clippers. Everybody has been deferring to him when it's not the starting group in. There's a very clear acceptance that this guy is on a different level. And given that the Clippers are, you know, they're without Kawhi Leonard. So this is a nice move for them. They've got a guy with upside. They lock him up for a couple of years. And I think they're going to rely on him a lot. And given how much they're going to rely on him this season, I, the chances are very good that the price tag was only going up 
if you wait to sign him to an extension. So I think this is a great move. Yeah, and uh, so here's a couple of things with this too, because there was a good deal of confusion about this. Uh-huh. So what they did was they picked up his team option for next year at about 1.9 million, which why that's important is they were wildly expensive mm-hmm. for next year already. Cause you've got Paul George and Kawhi obviously at, at about 42.5 million a piece. Uh, good work. If you can get it, yeah. uh, you've got Reggie Jackson at 11.2, Luke Kennard, 13.7, Marcus Morris, 16.4 and so on and so forth. Um, so they picked up his team option for 1.9 million for next year. This will actually kick in with the 23, 24 season and 24, 25, um, as far as I understand it, and that's when this will kick in. So I think that is um, pretty uh, good, smart stuff by the Clippers front office Mm -hmm. to get them set to a place where, all right, we're kind of rebalancing our roster a little bit here. We'll figure some stuff out between now and then in the next year. And, and, you know, really important to keep a guy who became key. He was the reason they beat the Jazz um, because he, he, you know, had that monster, uh, you know, couple games down down the stretch. And as you said, he's only taken further steps forward. I'm starting to rethink a lot of things about the Clippers. No, I, I don't want to go crazy. Right. It's not that they're going to be title contenders now without Kawhi and all this stuff. But I kind of had man still penciled into a similar type role that he had before. And now I'm kind of thinking he might be their Kawhi replacement where it's now he's the guy who slides in there and gets a lot of those touches and does, does a lot of the similar stuff. No, he's not Kawhi. He's not nearly as good. But I think he's better than Luke Kennard. I think he's better than Justice Winslow. And I think he's a better fit alongside some of the other guys that they have on that team, like Paul George, mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe, and the like. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, we kind of looked at it as, oh, oh, Justice Winslow, right? Look, he's he's landing with the Clippers. He must be the guy that they're going to turn to in Kawhi's role. I think I think Terrence Mann is their guy. I think he's the guy that they're going to look to. And it's not a, a one-for-one, apples-to-apples comparison in terms of what they do, the skill set that they bring. But I still think that this is uh, a nice move for them, and I think that Terrence Mann is going to have a really solid season. So, look, if you're having a fantasy draft in the next few days, maybe want to look at snagging this guy at some point later in your draft. Yeah, that that is a good call right there. Look at that, man. We gave you Jordan Poole. Now, and uh, now we're giving you uh, Terrence. Trevor's Mann. giving you Terrence Mann. So go 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 take that fantasy advice right to the bank. Yep, with that. All right. Uh, let's see. So, yeah. So, so sorry. Reacted in the moment. So Celtics now down Jalen Brown and now Horford, uh, both with um, the, the COVID stuff. So let's see. They were hopeful that uh, Brown would be back mm-hmm. for opening night. Probably not Horford now, uh, given that's only eight days away. So I'm, I'm guessing they're going to be without a big part of their rotation uh, on, on opening night there. And then who knows if this comes to, somebody else right it's that's the thing with covid you kind of don't know because it can take you know a handful of days to show up on testing and the like and all that as far as and and everyone's gonna ask was horford vaccinated or not i believe he was i i want to say he said he was but that's don't take that you know fully with with that because i'm not entirely sure um yeah so um wait we'll we'll see but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a little, little messy. Well, and it, unfortunately, um, it's going to yeah. be another season where this is what we're going to have to deal with, right? Throughout the season, is we're going to have to deal with these positive tests popping up and things like that. Yeah, and um, you know, hopefully, obviously, the the primary concern number one for anything else before we worry about rotations or, or, or rosters or anything like that is 
hopefully he's he's healthy and fine and everything is great there, right? I mean, that's that's always concern number one. And then from there, you look at, okay, what do the Celtics do now to replace him? Can he maybe be back by opening night? What's that going to look like? Yeah. All of that sort of stuff. Because I think yeah. he is going to be an important piece. It's not like he's a... Oh, huge. He's going to be important. Yeah. It's not like he's irreplaceable or anything. You know, he's not... He's not Jalen Brown, he's not Jason Tatum, but I think he really yeah. does matter to the Celtics team. And so getting him back, getting him healthy is going to be important for them. Well, and you know, I think what if you watched when they played the um Raptors the other night, mm-hmm. he had one of those kind of signature Al Horford plays. He gets switched on to Fred Van Vliet. He blocked Van Vliet's jumper on the perimeter, and then he ran out after it, and then they flipped it forward. Um, and then they they hit him on the kick ahead for a run out dunk. And it was like, this is there that's something that this team didn't have yeah. out of big men before. Like he's just there. They're running a ton of stuff through him uh to help take ease that that uh playmaking burden off Brown and Tatum and free them up. So yeah, it, it's a big loss for for the Celtics. He even if he didn't start, which was still in question, he was going to um play 25 30 minutes a night anyway yeah. uh you know most games so yeah so let, let's see yeah what, what comes of this uh from there so all right, all right you want to run through some transactions let's stuff? do it let's do it all right you show when you want to stop and get a word in here cool there's a lot there's a to, lot i'm, I'm gonna let you run through so. most of it but there's a few guys that we'll, <laughs> that we'll stop and talk about all right. Well, we'll stop and talk about this first one off the bat, uh, Atlanta Hawks. I'm just doing this alphabetical by city because that's how my document's laid out. Uh, they waived Julia Okafor. They signed Ibby Watson. Ibby Watson was signed as a as an affiliate rights guy to to get him to the uh, College Park Skyhawks um, of the G League. But Julia Okafor, I thought. I, I know I at least thought he had a good chance to maybe make the team out of camp because they were dealing with um, injuries to Nyeka Kongu and Clint Capello, but apparently not. He's he's not going to make it. Maybe uh, Timothy Luabu Cabrero now snags that last spot uh, for the Hawks. Well, and you know, we, we talked about this too. They weren't really using him at his best, right? They weren't giving him post-up opportunities. They were asking him to be something that yeah. he isn't really. And maybe what he is just, I mean, and we, this has been the thing for years with him, but maybe what he is just isn't what the NBA is looking for out of bigs yep. anymore. But still, I, it's not a surprise that he was waived when I saw the way they were utilizing him. It was an interesting, oh, Okafor to the Hawks. Could he stick? Could he, you know, yeah. going to be something there? But when I saw the way they were using him, it just didn't make sense to keep him around. And, you know, I thought, to probably what factors in is John Collins showing he can handle minutes at yeah, the five sure. uh, throughout last season's uh, late season run and then in the playoffs. I think that makes makes a difference here because you, now you've got uh, Gordy Jang there. You've got Collins that can do that. And and then hopefully a Kongu and Capella both are ready to go here sooner rather than later. Right. All right, Brooklyn, this is a prime example of uh, the roster shuffling that happens at the end. And they had signed Bryce Brown and Josh Gray. Uh, both of them uh, waived almost immediately. And then they brought in Jordan Bowden and Brandon Rahal. Um, and those two guys are coming in and they're going to take in the um, uh, they, they, they're all designed to get to the Long Island Nets yeah. of the G League uh, there. Uh, Chicago Bulls waved Daniel Oturu, who had maybe shown a little bit of stuff um, there. And uh, Ethan Thompson uh, waved uh, out of there. Uh, these ones are a little bit more interesting, I think, out of Cleveland. Uh, Fiondu Cabangele, um, you know, who I, I think would 
they all thought had some potential. Mm-hmm. He's a former yeah. first round pick by the Clippers and shown a little bit. He got waived by the Cavs and then Broderick Thomas, um, who had shown some stuff in summer league this past year. And he was on a two way with Cleveland last year was on another two way. He's been waived. So, uh, Cavs have a lot of guys they're kind of picking from at right. the back end of that roster. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, we already talked about Matt Ryan getting waived and returning back to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and then, uh, Giorgio or I keep wanting to call him Giorgio. It's Georgie Bezhanashvili. Nice. Um, that was good. That was really like good. Um, <laughs> he is, uh, he's out of Illinois. He, they're both these guys set up to go to the, uh, um, Grand Rapids gold of the G league, which is the Nuggets new G league affiliate. Uh, we talked Terrence Mann. We talked Seiko Demboya. Milwaukee Bucks waved Johnny O'Brien who returned after a few years overseas and they re-signed Jamario Jones. Uh, Jamario Jones, you know, you know him. He's a former mm-hmm. Laker. Yep. Uh, once upon a time. Good rebounder. Uh, for guard. Been, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah, he really gets after it. He's a tough kid. Um, he's kind of your standard G League guy. Yeah. Or he's, just, he's pretty good in the G League, but he's just not good enough uh, to cut it in the NBA. Um, but they're bringing him back in. We'll see what happens with O'Brien. I don't know that he'll necessarily show up in the G League because he's um, he's made a lot of money overseas yeah. and looked a little bit better. But if his real goal is to get back to the NBA, maybe he does take, take that path. Uh, we'll see the New York Knicks wave. Tyler Hall re-signed, uh, miles Powell. Uh, Powell's a Seton hall guy, big time scorer in college. Um, he is going to go, well, well, both of them will ultimately land with Westchester in the G league. Uh, the thunder waved Rob Edwards, who's a guard they signed and then waved Jalen Horn. Um, I put that one out while we were recording as well. Um, so <laughs> just uh, you know, pulling double duty here. The Orlando Magic, Jeremiah Tillman was waived. They re-signed Devin Kennedy. Devin Kennedy was uh, interesting. He was, if you remember, at the end of last season, the Magic had no point guards left. Everybody was injured, mm-hmm. and Kennedy was going to get a bunch of minutes for them. And then he... Can't remember if he sprained or if it was one of those sprains where it'd been better off if he had broken his uh, ankle. Um, he got hurt, and now he is he is uh, out for um, for or back rather with the Magic um, to get another round. But he'll be with the Lakeland Magic in the G League, and then the Spurs. I don't. Did we talk about them waving Luka Samanic? No, I don't believe we did. No, and we didn't. So that one's definitely a surprise because that's a former first round pick uh, by the Spurs. So they they waved him. Um, here in, in year three. Uh, so obviously when that happens too, just like it did with Sekou Demboya, um, with the Nets, well, ultimately the Rockets, I guess, yeah. waived them. Um, that fourth year team option is considered declined as well. If it's a player option, the player is the right before the waiver to pick it up. They always do because why wouldn't they, they? Why not yeah. take that money? Um, but yeah, so Samanich waived. That one's a little odd to me because I thought he had kind of shown some mm-hmm. stuff. But Spurs are they, they had to eat at least two guaranteed salaries, and Samanich is the first one. Yeah, I mean that that's certainly a bit of a surprise. Uh, I mean, we talked about all these different moves that are going to be coming from NBA teams. That in and of itself is not that much of a surprise that there's all this roster shuffling going on right now. But I am a little bit surprised about Simonich. I didn't think that he was, I thought he was going to be a guy that would stick around. And uh, I guess the Spurs thought otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he'll pop up somewhere. I'm guessing. So someone is going to uh, bring him in some, some rebuilding team that could use a big with, with some, just to give you guys a little inside info here. No, there's no earthquake going on. My daughter who thinks that she's, that she's a ninja. (laughs) 
uh, and successfully been able to stay off camera, but apparently not enough to not <laughs> move my camera <laughs> while she is ninjing around on the <laughs> on the floor and everything. So uh, yeah, Perfect. just uh, that's that's you know the perils of recording with a five year old in the room. <laughs> and as it got uh, noticeably darker for me, it, it just we we have one of our uh, Florida afternoon thunderstorms is rolling in. So yeah, it's uh, yeah that's uh, yeah we're we're both that, dealing that's with right some 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 stuff here. <laughs> we're we're working through it though. We're 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 working hard for you guys. But yeah, um, yeah it, these these I know it feels like some of these moves are a lot of more so on Twitter. We get a lot of what Ooh, right, yeah like mm-hmm. all those things. But these things do matter. There's a reason why these teams do these things because they want to keep these guys in their system. So when you see that they signed and waived somebody, it doesn't mean that they're just you know goofing around to get rid of the guy. They're they're bringing them in because they really want to have them be um, a part of the the kind of the program, if you will, um, have them be be part of it. So so uh, you know here here we are with with uh, th- this time of year and there's still uh, tons more of my plan for tomorrow if you follow me on Twitter which if you don't please make sure you do, do. Nice Keith Smith here. NBA um, <laughs> yeah I mean as it says on the screen um, and I will um, I'm gonna do like a running thread of like where each team is at roster wise and all that stuff hey if I have time tomorrow that sounds good we'll be looking out for that uh, anything else we need to get into today before we before we call it a wrap. Uh, Sam Amick reported that the Sixers have no interest in trading for Kyrie Irving at the moment. At the moment. So, so I like that little so thing in there. There's, there's no that. interest at the moment. Oh, wait, two minutes later. Wait, okay. Now at this <laughs> yeah. moment, we do have interest, right? So that's okay. It's it's nothing until it's something there. But uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not expecting Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons to swap places, even though it would seem to solve problems for both teams. Yep, but not going to nope. happen. All right, everybody, make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show. Again, we've got a lot of fun stuff planned once the season does start up, which is coming. We're a week away from the official kickoff of the regular season, so we've got a lot going on. Make sure you subscribe. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Go follow Keith on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. He's obviously going to have a big, big thread coming out, hopefully tomorrow, fingers crossed. And if you guys want to follow me as well, well, you're mostly get inundated by Lakers propaganda. But if you want to follow me as well, you can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. Oh, hey, I wore, I don't, well, you can't really see it, but I wore this shirt for you today. It says, we beat L.A. Yeah, I wore that for you, but then it was cold in here, so I threw on my uh, my pull. Well, thank you. I appreciate so. you covering that up. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and you know what? That's better than the uh, atrocious horde alternate uh, jerseys the Celtics unveiled oh. today. They're freaking awful, and I hate them so much. I'm, I'm going to sound like old man yelling at Cloud, but can we please just go back to you wear your home jerseys at home, your road jerseys on the road. Uh, for the Lakers, you wear your Sunday whites, and then throw in a few alternates every now and then. Can we do? Can we yep. just do? Yeah, you want to special that. Christmas ones? Yeah, yeah, and I don't mind the black. Yeah, those are like bad ones. I think they're kind of sharp. If you want to wear those, but not. It shouldn't be that you're splitting the season between you know wearing each of them you know four different times or whatever. Yep. Yes, that's uh. This has been Trevor and Trevor and Keith. Beatles. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, everybody. It is uh well. Here it's it's about four twenty. That means I it's, I got to get ready for dinner since I'm old. So. <laughs> all right guys have a good one make sure you do subscribe till next time see ya and stay safe